We are Emily and Blair and welcome to Elevating Business, the podcast which focuses in on all things around starting a business online, growing that business and doing so in a way that is healthy and enjoyable to you, the business owner. Before we dive in, be sure to visit our website at emilyandblair.com, which you can use to work your way through starting a business online, step by step, and it's completely free. Hi, and welcome to episode 74. Blair will start with, should you buy or build a website? And I'm going to look at tips to ways of connecting and interacting with people remotely. Yeah, thanks, Emily. So, yeah, I wanted to talk a wee bit today about the two differences between buying a website and building a website. So when you're setting up an online business, you've basically got these two options. Each one's got its pros and and its cons, um, as well as a few different sort of methods and, and sort of setups within it. So we'll just touch on a few of those today. So if we start off with building a website, you know, why would you want to build a website? Well, I think one of the main things is you've got full control over everything that you're doing. So in terms of the web platform you use, the look of it, the functionality of it, and that way you get to make it, you know, look and work exactly the way you want it right down to your branding. So I think that's probably an important thing that if you've got a product that you're starting out with and, and it's you know heavily branded and you know you've spent a lot of time and money on on setting up this product of yours, then probably building a website is going to be better than buying one because trying to fit your product into an existing website might be quite difficult. So the other thing is, um, you know, it's a lot more cost effective than buying a website because you're effectively setting up the new site, which, you know, doesn't earn money from day one. So you're not actually paying for that factor, you know, when you, as if you would be if you bought a website. Uh, So some considerations are, you know, it takes longer to get going. You know, it can be six months to plan, build and launch your website and then probably another six months to grow it, get traffic and start earning some revenue. So, you know, you're probably in it for the long haul. So if you're in a hurry to make revenue, it's probably not the option you want to go with. There's also a higher failure risk because unlike buying a website where you've got a proven thing or a niche or a business model, you don't have that. So there's a risk that it makes some, may take some trial and error, um, you know, and it might, you know, you might not find that sweet spot. Um, so, you know, you could, it could be a failure. So you need to bear that in mind. So there's always lots of work to do. And, and it's a real juggle at the start because, you know, it's such a hectic thing, um, even if you're using consultants or freelancers to do the grunt work and building out the site, you know, you, you still need to manage them and check their work. So there's a heap to think about it. So a strong strategy and a plan is really important if you're building a website to keep you on track um, and keep things realistic as well, um, because it can seem a lot of overwhelm in the beginning. So unless you've got a really broad range of knowledge, the learning curve in building a website can be a steep one. So, you know, you might need to seek some further education, do some online courses and things. So there's now, you know, many options to build a site. So WordPress is a popular and relatively easy one. Um, Wix is made up to be um, easier for less experienced people with a bit more of a drag and drop format. So if you're not really experienced with a lot of coding and things, Wix can be very good. And then, you know, you go as far 
down the line is ClickFunnels. So that's a really simplified model, and it's based around long-form landing pages, so mainly in the e-commerce space. So rather than have a whole website with a whole lot of different pages, this is sort of one long-form page through to a checkout. So there's a whole lot of different ways you can do it. So it pays to have a good look around at these platforms before making your decision on which one you're going to use. Um, and we'll put some links to those platforms I mentioned in our show notes. On the other side of this, if you're looking to buy a website, you know, there's also lots of factors to consider. So when you buy a website, you're effectively buying an existing profitable business. And so effectively the cost to do that um, is going to be greater than it would be if you were to build your own website. And I guess the reason is that you're effectively paying for the profitability of that existing business. So you do end up paying a lot more. You know, you can probably build a website for between five and say $50,000 if you really go to town on it. Um, whereas if you're buying a website, you know, you're, you're going to be 50 to 100 to 200,000 just for a basic one that's, you know, pulling in, say, five or $10,000 net revenue a month. So it's important to work out what you want and what you need out of, out of where you're at in life. So one of the benefits of buying a website versus building one is that you're effectively generating the income from day one. So if you've got the funds but you don't have the time, buying a website is definitely the way to do it. Uh, one of the other major benefits is that you don't need to go through all that work to create the website. You know, and that means that you can actually focus on growing your revenue stream from day one, which is actually a huge benefit. One thing to be careful of when you're buying a website is that you do the correct due diligence. Because, you know, what you need to ensure is that you're buying effectively the business revenue and the actual structure of the site. You need to make sure that what the seller is showing you is actually what the website is earning. Okay, so we've got a really good checklist on how to do due diligence on our website and we'll put the link to that in our show notes as well. So another benefit of buying an existing website is that the chance of failure is less than building one because you're effectively buying something that's existing and is proven. So, you know, you should theoretically be able to take it over and run it from day one, and it should continue to perform the way it was with the previous owner. I guess one of the major downsides of buying an existing website business is that you've got little choice in the way the website's branded, the product, and the platform. So, Again, so it depends on where your business model is at. If you've got a unique brand and product, then buying a website may not be the best option for you. So I guess, you know, we've just touched on a number of the online platforms to buy a website from in previous episodes. So uh, if you take a look at those, um, you know, and want any reviews on them, um, the ones we looked at were Effie International, Flipper.com, and Empire Flipper. So shoot back to some of those previous episodes and um, we give a bit more in-depth information about those ones. So if you're considering and buying a website, you know, I probably would suggest that you really ensure you do good due diligence, you know, and possibly use the services of a broker. Um, and definitely use some of the services that are offered by the online platforms like Flipper because basically they're set up to protect you and ensure you get good value for money on the funds you're going to spend. And the last thing they want is you coming back to them and saying, look, this didn't turn out the way it was marketed and, you know, you want your money back. They don't want that. So they've got a lot of processes in place to protect you and the seller. 
So I guess whatever choice you make, you know, to buy or build a website, you need to do the research and know what you're getting yourself into before you commit to any one of the options. You know, we've got a number of articles on our website for you to look at to help you make the decision to which direction you might like to go in. So have a look on there and hopefully that helps you out. Emily. Great, thank you, Blair. Right, so I'm going to talk to you about tips on how to connect with people that you may be working with or interviewing uh, remotely. And I mean, in your business at the minute, you know, often you will be connecting with people that aren't necessarily in your office. A lot of people are, are working from home uh, these days, and particularly with current situations, it's becoming more and more popular. And you will need to connect with people and get to know people in a visual format using things like Zoom, for instance, having meetings on Zoom, interviewing people on Zoom. And how should you be? How should you actually connect with those people? How do you be more personable rather than just somebody behind a screen? So I'm just going to give you some tips on how you um, conduct yourself and uh, the space that you create on, on the videos. So in terms of connecting with someone that you're trying to work with, you need to really still build that relationship as you would in an office space. And it's really important that you understand yourself in the in that respect. You know, you need to understand your own strengths and weaknesses in order to be able to um, understand and work with other people within a team. You know, and it's things just trying to um, ask a lot of questions, really listen to that other person as well. Uh, and eye contact, I mean, is a really big one as well. Have eye contact with that person. Find out something about them find some common ground show some interest in them i'm talking at the beginning of meeting somebody and getting that relationship started and things that you can do if you're on a zoom call with more than one person at the start of a a meeting is what's called name tag and it's just a really really quick and easy way it's something that i used to do when i was a teacher and it, with big classes of students where each person would say their name and one thing that somebody else might not know about them and it's just a simple little icebreaker to get everybody involved in the conversation. Also, moving on to a more of an interviewing situation, that's going to be more and more common. And it's very unusual, really, to have to be interviewed or be the interviewer or over a Zoom meeting. And you might feel a lot more relaxed about it, for instance, if you've been interviewed, you're not having to go to face-to-face -face with somebody. However, it is so, so important. Do not be relaxed about it. Prepare as you would a face-to-face -face interview. That's really, really important. You know, consider what you're wearing. Consider the background behind you. All those things, first impressions, still stand on a Zoom meeting. And that goes both ways, doesn't it? You know, For like the if interviewer you're and the interviewee, absolutely. come off professional. And... I, I, absolutely. And because I think... You've got to remember the person you're interviewing is also actually interviewing you. They're also seeing if they actually want to work for you. Um, so it is a two-way thing, and that's it's just re really don't get laid back in any aspect of that interview situation. So just a few tips, really. Just make sure you've got a really well-lit room. Really look in the camera when you're speaking. Make sure it's nice and quiet. Always put any phones out of the way. Never, ever be trying to do something on your phone or look at your phone or have your phone going off during an interview. It shows it's very, very unprofessional. Um, really just maintain your focus and obviously really, really test out all 
your technical equipment in advance. You don't want to be having any technical difficulties while you're trying to interview somebody or if you're the interviewee. Again, it looks very, very unprofessional. And, you know, as I said, these Zoom interviews are really quickly becoming the new norm in this day and age. So it is really, really important to prepare and to practice to ensure everything um, goes really smoothly. So interview space, what you're wearing, how you look, really, really important, really look professional and really treat it as you would a face-to-face interview. Facial expressions, body language, really important. Really be confident and speak clearly and slowly. Yeah, they're, they're really good points. And I think a lot of people also have this sort of, um, you know, situation where they don't turn the camera on. So you're talking to, you know, like their name or something like that. And I think, you know, even if it's not an interview, I think that's a habit to get out of is, you know, people converse a lot better when it's visual. And I know there's the there's always the temptation just to hide behind, you know, a blank screen but or whatever. Body language has... Body language is, is really important. Yeah. You want to be yeah. creating a relationship with these people. So yeah. even if you're using freelancers, so if you're going on Fiverr or Upwork and, you you know, you're trying to find a freelancer to use in your business, don't be afraid to jump on a Zoom call rather than just relying on the the, the platform of, of emailing back and forward. Don't be afraid to get on a Zoom call and just see these people and, and do a little bit of a sort of interview um, with them just to make sure that, you know, you are spending your money on someone that you want, you know, that you want to be spending it on and, you know, you're confident they're going to come through with the goods because it's too easy to hide behind just written words and emails. And I think we rely too much on that with the freelancers um, platforms is that there's not a lot of that visual connection and, and human connection. So, some, a little tip there, I would definitely try and get on a Zoom call if you're thinking of employing people. Yeah. All good. All right. Well, that's all we've got time for in episode 74. We will see you in the next one. Any links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes. And remember that our website is a huge resource of free step-by-step guides for starting a business online and working through the journey. If you like what you're hearing, then please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend.